Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. And as we open up today's show, we start with breaking news out of the NBA, the association. It's finally done. Portland Trailblazer legend Dame Lillard has been traded. A three team trade involving the Bucks. The Suns and the Blazers missing the Miami Heat. In the end, they're left out in the cold. The agent, Dame Lillard, everybody said he wanted to go to the South Beach. The Heat pick up the pieces. Lillard picks up a winter jacket and he heads to Milwaukee. Yeah, I said it. So if you haven't heard, we've got a three team trade. Dame Lillard traded to the Bucks to join Giannis. We'll get to the gambling implications here in a second, but I'll give you the details. The Portland Trailblazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, 2029 unprotected from Milwaukee, and some swaps. Phoenix gets Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson. Of course, the move represents a significant surprise for Lillard, who had expected to go to Miami. Miami who had cleared Struess and Vincent looking to save some space, are left out in the cold. We bring in the boys, just the gambling implications quickly over at DraftKings. Essentially, DraftKings has cut the price in half for the Bucks to win the East and to win the championship. Right now, they're favorites to win a championship at plus 390. Second betting favorite on the board, the Nuggets, your defending champs. Also, the win total for the Milwaukee Bucks jumps three games, up three wins, we should say. And we say hi to Amal Shaw. Amal Shaw, direct reaction as Lillard is now a buck. You know what? I'm happy for all sides here, particularly Milwaukee and Portland. I'm glad the Blazers didn't acquiesce and give in to some ridiculous trade that the Miami Heat wanted to offer. They got what they deemed to be a good deal for them at this point in time. You get Drew Holiday. You combine him with Shaden Sharp. You bring in DeAndre Ayton. Maybe a reset in location helps Ayton long term. You've got him under a contract already. I think this provides them some pretty good pieces in a very competitive Western Conference. From Milwaukee's standpoint, you lose the backcourt. Remember, Grayson Allen averaged 10.5 points a game last year. You've got Drew Holiday, tremendous elite on-the-ball defender. But you're bringing in a top five, in my opinion, the best closer in the game. I get how good Giannis is, but to me, there's only one guy I want closing a basketball game out, and that's Damian Lillard. And you combine him with Giannis's capability inside. Giannis doesn't have to sit on the perimeter, Patrick. I think this makes this team the rightful favorite in the Eastern Conference and to win the NBA title. Yeah, you mentioned them all. The Blazers will move forward without the... Superstar, that is Dame Lillard. 11 seasons with the Blazers. They made the postseason eight times, never made it to the finals. They're going to build around, as you mentioned, Shaden Sharp and also Scoot Henderson. Lillard, on the other hand, averaged over 32 points per last year. He turned 33 in July. He's got four years left on his $216 million deal. So Milwaukee accrues the services for the next four years and then you take a look as we jump over to the big guy and welcome him into the show Dustin Sweetelson you take a look you know we talked about the Suns being involved in this the Suns have long wanted to move on from DeAndre Ayton they do so they bring in their big to grab some boards and Nurkic and the Blazers start the rebuild 
thank God it's over. This Damian Lillard thing was going on for so long, it lasted longer than Grey's Anatomy. And the storyline just never developed, and this came out of nowhere. So I'll give it credit. We got a plot twist at the end, a team we never expected to be in the mix, ending up with Lillard vaunting themselves up to the top spot on the betting board as the number one team on, on, on the odds to win the title. I think this is interesting from the Milwaukee perspective, one. I think it keeps Giannis help, help, uh, happy for a very long time. I think mean, that's a big thing here. You could have gotten Giannis a couple years from now had they not won another title, gotten annoyed that the team got complacent and weren't making enough moves. They go out and they get him a legit superstar that I think helps them, especially late in games, when you have to figure out who's going to take that game-winning shot, Lillard or Giannis. Uh, from a Phoenix perspective, I love the depth that they added. From the Portland perspective, I'm not going to think about the Portland Trailblazers for pro- probably seven to eight years. I, I would agree with you. Well, I don't know about that. I think Shaden Sharp's got a p- capability. This is a guy, if he played at Kentucky, could have been a potential first overall pick, minus uh, Victor Webanyama. I know Scoot Henderson is highly coveted and Portland's in great position with him. But, guys, they've got Giannis Lillard and Middleton locked up for a minimum of three years. You mentioned Damian Lillard for four years. Right now, I'm putting you guys on the spot. What is a success for the Milwaukee Bucks with Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Chris Middleton for the next three years under contract? Got to win a championship over the next three. Over under one, one, uh, one and a half. One and a half titles. Would you go over under? I'll give them one championship. I think Lillard and Giannis win a championship together. I don't go over one and a half. I, I'm biased because I love both of these guys, so I'm going to go with over. I, I think Patrick's probably more accurate in his as- assessment, but I, I just think these are two guys have put their egos aside, played in smaller markets, could be global. They are global superstars, but I just feel like this is a great, great fit, and you've got your cornerstone, your trio right now with Middleton. And, you know, give Chris Middleton a ton of credit. Andrew Holiday, who got traded. These guys have played second fiddle and third fiddle to Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they've done a great job of it. Now, the question is, the only concern I have, and I don't think it's probably going to be an issue, but we're in a late-game situation. Who's taking the shot? Who's getting the ball? Is there going to be an ego that gets in the way here? Yeah, I think that's a good point, but two guys that are about his self. You don't necessarily ever have to worry about Giannis. I would say with Lillard, he's never even had to question whether or not he was the go-to guy, but his personality lends itself to one that potentially would be selfless. Now, I guess most would imagine that social media is popping right now, including Jimmy Butler just took to social to say, look into Milwaukee about potential tampering. (laughs) Also, we do have the first tweets, and you look at the other side of the coin here you have to focus on the miami heat and the miami heat they cleared space to bring in dame lillard the nba and adam silver sent a memo out to all 30 teams saying hey we're watching you heat and in the end lillard who made it very clear he wanted to end up in south beach he goes somewhere much much colder in milwaukee also the first tweet from dame lillard that you passed along big guy was lillard simply oh no that's tweeting, old Oh, really? That's what years that? ago. So what is that tweet? So years ago, Dame Lillard was asked on, on X, when it was formerly known as Twitter, uh, a random person, if you ever want to pick a player that you would help get into the playoffs or finals maybe, who would you pick? And he picked Giannis. Basically that he'd like to help Giannis get over the hump. And this was back in 22. Guys, well, guys I'm telling you. got his wish, unless he wished Giannis played in Miami. <laughs> well, thank, by the way, can we just like... There's some days where I believe in a higher power. And today is one of those days where Damian Lillard didn't end up on the Miami Heat, who even though I had a bet on them to win the title last year, they're really annoying. They're really obnoxious. Heat culture is the most overrated, most annoying thing going in the NBA at the moment. And I'm just happy they didn't end up getting Damian Lillard here. Well, look, they would have been a better team with Damian Lillard, but I still don't think that would have necessarily put them over the top because you still need the balance to me. You've got the Joker in the front court. You've got Giannis in the front court. Can you imagine if we get an NBA Finals this year in Milwaukee and Denver? Giannis versus the Joker? That would be absolutely outstanding. You've got Dame against a healthier Jamal Murray. That'd be so much fun to watch Middleton and Porter. I mean, I know it's early and we're we're talking, what, June? But still, just the idea of it potentially happening would be fantastic. 
I'm not sure why the Miami Heat would need Dame Lillard when every single NBA expert we've had on the show has completely waterboarded me with Jimmy Butler being a superstar. <laughs> like, can we just like, what's the point? Like, he he is that guy. He is him. What is the point? Why would you need Lillard? To your point, as we extend it. Okay, so if you're just joining us here on Sharp Money, it's Vsin, the Esports Betting Network, a blockbuster from the association trying to steal some of that shine from football. It ain't going to happen. Guess what? In three minutes, we're going right to the NFL. So nice little work here for the NBA. But the Portland Trailblazers are trading Dame Lillard to play alongside Giannis with the Milwaukee Bucks as part of a three-team deal. Also includes the Phoenix Suns. Portland receives Drew Holiday with the youngsters, as Amal mentioned. DeAndre Ayton, maybe a change of scenery helps for the soft big guy, a first-rounder and some flips. The Suns get Nurkic, they get a big, they get Grayson Allen, a little backcourt help, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. The deal, of course, comes months after Lillard formally requested a trade in early July. And also, his agent came out right around the same time and said he absolutely wants to head to Miami. He heads to Milwaukee. So there it is, boys. And again, just to kind of give you the gambling ramifications or betting uh, market ramifications here, DraftKings has essentially cut their price in half to win the Eastern and also win the championship. Amal, you said a little short there on the Bucks right now, favored at plus 390 to win the championship next year. Yeah, I think in the NBA, unless you've got you got to go back for me to the dominant Warriors of a few years ago and then the early Lakers in 2000, 2001, 2002 where you had Shaq and Kobe to have a team be that short of a number. The NBA guys, too many games, 82-game stretch, and then postseason, you're talking about 100-plus games. I mean, you got to win 16 to win the title, so unless you're going 16-2, and two, you're playing more than 100 games. And I think with injuries and other things being a factor, it's always a concern. Look, I'm being optimistic because I love watching Giannis and I love watching Dame, but at the end of the day, still a lot of things to navigate. I'm paper they look great they've taken a step in the right direction but i'm not looking to jump on them at plus 390 right now if we started the postseason tomorrow and even if milwaukee's a one seed what are they two to one yes you don't want to be cut in half on the value but do you really want to type your money now through april 15th on a team at plus 390 just taking a look here looks like DraftKings has taken the season wins off the board as i look dustin maybe you see something differently no they're on the board it's 55 55 and a half over under 110 up and down so 55 is 55 and a half a solid number uh based on what we're hearing from the traders over at DraftKings, it appears it was sitting right around 52 and a half prior to the dame lillard trade it's a big old number there for them to 55 go. Fifty-five and a half on. is juicy, boys. Well, Fifty-five and a half is. They've juicy. exceeded the number three out of the last five years. Last year they wound up with fifty-eight wins. The previous two years, fifty-one and forty-six. Fifty-six four years ago. So, I, I don't think it's out of the question. But I, I guys, I got to tell you, for me, I wouldn't play that one. It's not an outstanding number. I don't think this team cares about the regular season. Health. That's, that's why. Health, and let's get to April. Okay. Break. Breaking news again, Lillard will join Giannis with the Bucks, and that will be the NBA for the day here on Sharp Money. When we return, a couple new gambling angles for you. Dissension and espionage. You'll see. It's coming up. Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. 
Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, of course, we've got the competition going on right now between shows for a $1,000 voucher from Bill A.D. over at Circus Sports for Super Bowl futures ticket. So here's what we're going to do. We've got a contest between the show's subscription contest going on. So to sweeten the deal for you, you're going to save 40%. Started at 10, and now it's up to 40% when you sign up for the football season special and use the promo code SHARP. That helps us out for the $1,000. Help us out. Bragging rights are on the line. Make this football season your best ever and help us do the same. Save 40% right now. Football season special that includes the picks, that includes the guides, that includes everything when you use the promo code SHARP. It's VSIN.com slash subscribe. So since July, we've been wondering where Dame Lillard will play next year. The answer is Milwaukee. The Bucks, Giannis, a crew. And now we will find out what happens with the Miami Heat who cleared space potentially as Dame Lillard pointed to South Beach as the destination. It doesn't happen. A three-team trade with Phoenix, Portland, and Milwaukee. We're chasing down JBT. If we do, we'll bring him back on. It feels like we've said everything we need to say, though. The number's been split in half on in the East and also championship odds at plus 390 for the Bucks. And then they jumped up 55 and a half on the season win total for the Bucks over at DraftKings. Okay, boys, we welcome you back. Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from downtown Fremont Street there at the D. I'm Patrick Maher. I mentioned dissension and espionage as two potential handicapping angles this weekend in the NFL. Let's start with dissension. And there's reports coming out right now of the Jets and that locker room in particular that Salah, Robert Salah, the Jets head coach, or I should say Salah, I worked with Michael Lombardi so long that... He basically, he's got me saying certain names like Makai Parsons as opposed to Makai Parsons. Anyway, uh, Salah Sala uh, said this about his starter at quarterback. We all acknowledge he has to play better. We, we all acknowledge that. He acknowledges that. Um, uh, teammates acknowledge it. He acknowledges it himself. And, um, you know, but... The, the key is to have confidence in yourself. You have to. And, um, and you know, you, you got to keep continually, continually stack good days. You know, you go out and you, you own your moments. You go out to practice. You dominate practice. And you just try to, you got to find a way to, trend, um, uh, to gain the momentum of practice and uh, turn it into a, uh, transfer that momentum into the game. You know, but uh, for him, um Definitely needs to get better, but at the same time, you you've got to maintain your belief in yourself and, and your teammates, and um, and play within yourself, and not try to press and make things happen. Just play within the structure of the offense. Get the ball to your playmakers, and let your playmakers go to work. And uh, as One soon as, front of the as other, that starts happening, and the ball gets rolling in time. that regard, that's when you the confidence pick yourself will start up to step. by the bootstraps. 
I'll just talk over Mr. Salah because we know what he's about to say. Whatever cliche, you can't build your wings until you jump off the cliff. We understand, bro. You're put in a tough spot. Joe Douglas, who's everybody's superhero, the general manager there with the Jets, completely screwed over the organization. Yes, I know. Offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. But drafting the quarterback at two was a freaking disaster. And now the Jets, who... You know, essentially that number would have been, I don't know, Kansas City, a point, point and a half with, of course, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the Jets has turned into 10. Kansas City is laying 10 at the Jets. I mentioned dissension because Rick Cimini, who does a great job covering the Jets, said there's a possibility the defense in particular is not happy and tensions are on the rise and, quote, ready to implode within that Jets locker room. That's dissension. The Jets did add Trevor Simeon to the practice squad, so they've got Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle, and Mr. Wilson. Good luck. They reached out to Chad Henney. He declined. Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan reached out to them. They declined. It's a disaster, Amal Shaw. It absolutely is. And now, I don't know part of it is because they're in New York and some of these guys don't want to deal with the pressure that comes with playing in New York. But I got to tell you, at this point in time, and if you were to ask every player on this team privately, they would rather see Tim Boyle or anybody else play quarterback. Guys, I don't know how much of that Jets game you watched on Sunday. I, like the rest of those people that were at MetLife, can't figure out why I sat there and watched every play, but I did. And there is nothing, and I mean nothing, from Zach Wilson that gives you a modicum of confidence that he's going to be better come next Sunday. And by the way, Robert Salah speaking there, I'll tell you right now, he was not exactly Tony Robbins up there either. No, he wasn't. He was struggling, and I think he's kind of up there. He's overthinking it because he knows he doesn't believe in the quarterback. He knows his locker room doesn't believe in the quarterback, so there's a bit of a, a, a kind of a mind situation going on where he can't say too much that is, I guess, laudatory of the, the quarterback because he's in danger of losing the locker room. So there's a bit of a predicament that the head coach finds himself in. He's very liked within that locker room, but supporting somebody like Wilson can put you in a tough spot. So this game, big guy, that went from must-see TV with Rodgers and Mahomes is now completely unwatchable. The Chiefs are good to go coming off the 41-10 beatdown of the Bears. Now that Kelsey's back and Chris Jones is back, this could get ugly. See the numbers? Some shops showing nine and a half. We are showing DraftKings at 10 with the Chiefs laying it. Yeah, I already laid six and a half in the first half with Kansas City. I just, I see the Chiefs as being able to score, that defense looking awesome, and the Jets not being able to do anything offensively, and that's because Zach Wilson's still there. Like, nothing changed from last year to this year. They somehow won seven games a year ago. Give Mike, Mike White some credit maybe for a win or two last season. I don't remember exactly, but... Nothing changed. The only thing that was going to change with Zach Wilson was going to come from backing up Aaron Rodgers. He backed up Aaron Rodgers for four entire plays. There was nothing for him to have learned from the sidelines during the preseason working with Aaron Rodgers. So this guy is the same guy as he was a year ago. He's the same guy he was before that. He's a guy who somehow tricked a lot of football evaluators into thinking he was a top five pick when he had a 2020 COVID-shortened season at BYU where he beat the likes of nobody, Louisiana Lafayette and teams of that nature, and lost to the only true test on the schedule in Coastal Carolina. Like, Zach Wilson was never going to be the guy without some, some work away from being, like, on the field in games. And the only chance he had of salvaging his career was to learn under Aaron Rodgers for the next two seasons, and maybe on the other side of that, he would be a productive quarterback in the league. That is done. It is over. He is no longer going to be a guy given opportunities in the NFL. You know, I think Salah made a mistake in the press conference. He should have just come out and said, listen, if Zach Wilson doesn't play better in a week from Sunday against Kansas City, he's not going to be our quarterback. You can't keep him on this team. You can't keep him in the locker room. He should have just come out and said, look, he has been god-awful putrid. There's no other way to phrase it. At this point in time, we have to accept what it is. And if he doesn't play better, he's not going to be a member of the New York Jets. I don't even understand why I go with the charade. And if Zach Wilson can't elevate his own self-confidence, this is not the position or where or the time for the New York Jets to try and help him. You got to move on. You've got a team that's built to win a championship and the quarterback is holding you back. A question okay, for you guys. So the, is Salah on the just hot quickly, seat? Yeah, go ahead. Is Robert Salah on the hot seat here? Like, 
No. If he doesn't no. turn, let me just around. hold on, hold on, hold on one second because I want to just continue with the report because uh, it was in your notes earlier today. The locker room's ready to implode. It seems Salah is seen as a Zach Wilson apologist, big guy. Per the report, this has been a hot topic. A locker room divided. The defense knows that if any other player were performing his job this way. The way that Wilson's performing, the player would be benched. Now, let's go back to your point, which is, is Salah in trouble? Now, I think maybe I'll let you kind of finish your thought. Are you kind of leading down the fa- the, the path of, is he in trouble if he eventually loses the locker room because of having to stick by, you know, Wilson, who, by the way, it's not his fault. He's got Tim Boyle. We were talking about him yesterday. Tim Boyle's not ready to provide anything. And then you tra- you sign Trevor Simeon, who just got cut in favor of Jake Browning with the Cincinnati Bengals, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, look, there's been plenty of girls who dated me who thought I was husband material only to quickly move on and find that person after me. And I think they look back on it and go, that was a pretty smart move at my point. That guy was never going to be the guy I wanted him to be. It's very evident Zach Wilson's never going to be the guy that Robert Sala and the Jets want him to be, and they're still holding on to having taken him where they drafted him a couple seasons ago. Look at San Francisco. They cut their losses with Trey Lance, and they traded up. They used assets to move up and get him. Arizona a few years ago, whether you like him or not, Kyler Murray was an upgrade over Josh Rosen, who they got rid of and admitted they were wrong after one year. At some point as a franchise, you have to admit you were wrong. And if Robert Sala's playing into that, where he thinks that Zach Wilson can and still be a guy to lead this team and maybe not behind closed doors telling everyone like, look, I know Zach is limited. I don't really believe in him, but we have to make the best of the situation until it sees its <laughs> yeah, way through. You think That's the only guy, way. Hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. You think this guy really believes a guy can play quarterback? He's being forced to play the quarterback. Yes. Salah's not stupid. He doesn't genuinely believe Zach Wilson's the answer. He had Aaron Rodgers. Then do something other than Trevor. What? Simeon. Tim Boyle? Anything other. Trevor Simeon was the most underwhelming move to fix this situation. He's not the general manager. What's your take on this, Amal? You play Tim Boyle at this point in time. If you watch that Jets game, it doesn't make a difference. It does, it, well, let me it's ask you this question. Can it be any worse than it is with Zach Wilson? It can't. There's the answer. Run no. the triple option. <laughs> I, I can't watch. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, the Jets fans should have a damn walkout Sunday night. You think they're walking out now. Wait till they see Timothy Boyle. When we return, espionage, 007, Belichick. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical data and trends as well. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bet app right now, hofbets.com, and use the code WINNER. It's a great deal. You get 50% off your first month. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Programming note here on Sharp Money, little over an hour from now, Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst here at VSIN, will join us on the program to discuss the big trade today. That is Dame Lillard finally finds his new home. It's in Milwaukee, not Miami. Three-way trade, including Portland and Milwaukee and Phoenix sending Aiton on the way out the door. So plenty to get to with Jonathan Von Tobel coming up in just a little bit. He is Amal Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. I see you're putting that McDonald's drive-thru to work, bro. You got no, that? <laughs> no, there's That's a McDonald's you. downstairs. At, at the D? Yes, so I order my coffee as I park, go through the elevator before the escalator, grab my coffee on my way up, and then pound it. Okay. Good job by you. Now, I mentioned dissension, so we were talking about potentially uh, Robert Salah missing out and, and losing a divided locker room there with the defense getting pissed about the Zach Wilson discussion at quarterback and decision being made there. And then I said espionage. You know, you're always looking for a betting edge as a sports better. And Bill Belichick is always looking for an edge as a head coach. He's notorious for doing so. 
uh, going as far as cheating. We know this in the past. Well, the Jets have signed backup quarterback and double agent Will Greer <laughs> off the Bengals practice squad. Why? Because Will Greer spent the last two seasons with the Cowboys. Now you've got New England at one and two at Dallas. Amal Shaw two and one. The number this morning was six and a half on Dallas. DraftKings just went to seven. We do have, before we get your comments here, we do have Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer talking about Will Greer knowing where the bodies are buried. Yeah, we're always aware of it. Um, you know, those are things that we monitor every week, but certainly we know Will knows where a lot of the bones are buried. Zeke obviously does as well. So those are things you talk about um, and you think about, okay, hey, let's adjust this one. Let's, we, we certainly have more than one hand signal for most of our core concepts. Uh, and sometimes, babe, as you know, you can use it to your advantage because they think that they know what's coming and they hear something, they think, oh, hey, it's this, and we're smart enough to adjust those things. So, um, again, everybody does it. You get a player that's been somewhere, you bring them in, you talk to them about different things, uh, and then you're very selective about how much you put into it. Of course, the Patriots, Amal Shaw, they coming off a thrilling 15 win over the aforementioned Jets where Zeke went for 80, Stevenson went for 59, so they ran the ball well. The defense forced a late safety. You know, they limited the Jets to just one score. Belichick in his career, 5-1 and one against the Cowboys. The Cowboys need a big response. The 13 penalties for 107. By the way, they're 27th in red zone efficiency this year, the Cowboys. Uh, interesting, the defense needs a bounce back as well after that performance against the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, the key is going to be Dak Prescott. I think overall Dallas is still in a great position. But, you know, you saw that interception last Sunday against the Cardinals. It just kind of goes to show you why so many people, myself included, are down and never as high on Dak Prescott because of his inability to really convert when the chips are down. Now you come in against a guy like Mac Jones, who's a bit of a statue in the backfield. I think this defensive front will be able to get after him and be effective. I think Dallas wins the game. I don't know where you guys come out on the seven. I think the number's a little bit high with this Patriots defense. And what they want to do is run the football. They they played a defense maybe on the same level as the Dallas defense and the Jets, but they were tremendous in terms of running the ball. Now can the Patriots defense respond and slow down a team that won't be as one-dimensional as the New York Jets? Yeah, once we get to that seven, I think you got to take... If you're a better, I think there's probably going to be a lot of cowboy teasers down to the one, down to the half with the six and a half, which you can still find in the market. But as I mentioned, espionage with your boy Belichick, no surprise here. This is a trick that's as old as the NFL, picking up guys to hopefully gain an advantage. Will Greer, by the way, that was very emotional, big guy. When Will Greer ended up getting cut by the Cowboys, he played great in the preseason, a big Locker room favorite, kind of unlike what we were just discussing with Zach Wilson. And Belichick 5-1 and one versus them Cowboys. I'll set the number. Over, under, one and a half games, Will Greer spends as a Dallas Cowboy. Or as a Patriot? <laughs> or as a Patriot, I mean. That's Patriot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine this will be it. Yeah, <laughs> He's being used for one week, and he'll be out there in the market again. Uh, when it comes to, to this game, I'm considering the under. Just because I don't think this Patriots offense is going to do anything about Dallas. And I think I still think there's enough there with with Belichick scheme wise and some of the players in that defense to not let the Cowboys just throw the ball all over them. So I, I can see it going under. I'm leaning towards the under at the moment. Under 43. I think also you have to look at the Cowboys injuries on that offensive line and whether or not Martin and the crew will end up playing. But it's a perfect spot if you are a Cowboy backer because, look, you couldn't have played worse than they did. It's it's apt that we showed and apropos that we showed Schottenheimer them all because that kind of slowed down the offense when you're down a couple of scores late in the game. You know, Dak had had a bad pick late in the game, but slowing down the offense there in Arizona, it was a dispirited display by the Cowboys on both ends of the ball. Yeah, I think human nature kicked in and starting that game, right? Like, oh, we're playing the Cardinals, and Dallas came out flat, and the Cardinals came out to uh, play to win, and they did exactly that. And you're absolutely right. You'd like to see a bounce back from this Dallas team, a little bit more aggression. And Patrick, I'll tell you one thing that drives me nuts. If you're down by, and I consider eight points two scores, because I don't assume they're going to make the two-point conversion, I don't understand why there's never a sense of urgency from so many teams. Even the Raiders on Sunday night, I thought they should have been in a hurry-up offense the entire fourth quarter there should have never been a huddle with the Raiders against the Steelers down by six 
16 points. Same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. When you were down by 12 points against Arizona, at some point in time, guys, a sense of urgency has to kick in. I mean, we can go back to that Andy Reid Super Bowl with the Eagles against the Patriots. Everyone talked about their inability to go with some speed and quickness. I, I'm just shocked that all these teams in certain situations try and rush and make in, inappropriate decisions. Then there's other times they sit back and act like they've got an entire game to go when they've got a few minutes. That was, and by the way, did I, I neglected to mention, and I agree with you on the timeouts, I, I, I neglected to mention that Colin Kaepernick also threw his 35-year-old hat in the Still ring for that Jets job uh, earlier. I guess they sent he and Jay Cole. Does Amal Shaw know who Jay Cole is? Yes, no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jay Crew, right? Same guy. I just said yes because I didn't want to get made fun of right now. I have no idea. He, 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 of course, is a rapper from North Carolina. Well, J. Cole and Colin Kaepernick sent a letter to Jets general manager, Mr. Douglas, looking potentially to be added to the practice squad. I, I don't know if that was responded to or not. I don't believe at 35 Kaepernick's going to get another sniff. Remember, he did have a tryout for the Raiders last year. Do you guys think sending a letter is more likely to get a response than an email like taking the time to go i don't mean i've never bought a stamp in my adult life like i don't even know how much a stamp is worth how many stamps you need to mail something but it does feel like if you take the effort to go and do all of that you are more likely it takes a little bit longer to get your your note taken more seriously and get a response than you would to just an email which anyone can find out your email and, and send it to you I think it's a little more personalized to receive an actual handwritten letter or letter through the mail. It still feels good when you hit the mailbox and somebody sends you something. No, um, I don't know. I am st I'm annoyed that we still actually receive mail. Like I literally check my mail once a month, I, and, and ninety percent of it's just straight garbage. I'm bad about it. That's why the debt collectors are—they hate me even more. Like we can't even get in but, touch with this guy. Just real quick, though, you know, we know Kaepernick had a settlement with the NFL, as did Eric Reed. I mean, the one thing that Patrick brought up, and it's crucial to this, is Kaepernick hasn't played since 2016. So regardless of what you think or feel about him, the bigger problem is this guy hasn't played competitive football in seven years. We have, by the way, we have uh, DraftKings as the market up for perfect season. Uh, the winless teams going head to head this weekend. So the last of the winless teams. We'll get to that market coming up in just a little bit. Um, also, I just wanted to quickly touch on we've got a game coming up tomorrow night. These are so quick with the turnarounds on Thursday night. Detroit is lane two. I see a couple of shops that moved to two a mall. Most shops, including DraftKings, still showing one and a half. I think the importance here, as Dustin noted in his his notes earlier today, and I believe you mentioned it yesterday, you know, two big question marks, more than two for the Packers as far as injuries. Injuries are starting to really pile up. Rashawn Gary, the pass rusher, and then, of course, Aaron Jones with the hamstring. The questions continue as far as the health of the Packers. And you mentioned it, David Bakhtiari. You look at uh, Elton Jenkins on the offensive line and Jair Alexander. And you, Aaron Jones, uh, yeah, I remember you guys had pointed him out earlier before the training camp during the uh, August, and I wasn't as high on Aaron Jones, I went back and looked at his stats, and I'll tell you what, I was underappreciating how good and effective this guy is. You've got five guys that are questionable, Patrick. They need these guys in the lineup. I think you're going to see, if you like Detroit, I would bet it right now. Because if they don't play, the number's going to only elevate. And if they do play, okay, it might come back down. But I can live with laying one or two. I definitely don't want to be laying three in a scenario with the D Detroit Lions when I could have gotten it at two. Totally agree. It's a healthy Lions team. Big guy headed to the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to end up laying it with the Lions. I'm low on the Packers. I have some more stats in Jordan Love later. I just want to point out, I'm proud of them all, Shaw. We mentioned Colin Kaepernick, and it didn't get weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was I was thinking it was going to be Amal Greenwood, but we stuck <laughs> right where we needed to stick. Dead or Alive is next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. So DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use the code SHARP for new bettors. Remember, you bet in an NFL game. Starts up tomorrow night, week four, with the Lions at the Packers. Bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 down, get $200 back right away when you use the code SHARP. Download the, the DraftKings app right now and use that code SHARP. It's the best deal for new bettors. 5 bucks, 200 Boom. You're right there. The crown is yours. Programming note, Jonathan Von Tobel coming up in one hour. Boom. From right now, as the big news in the NBA today, Dame Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. We'll talk about the betting ramifications, remember, for everything and more information, just go to vsin.com. We'll be updating the information you need to know from a market perspective over at vsin.com all day today. Also, joining us right there at the D in downtown Las Vegas, the mayor, Mike Palm, is going to stop by in 14 minutes. Looking forward to seeing Mike this week here on Sharp Money. He's Amal Shaw. Of course, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. It's time for you dead, you alive. Dead or alive. And I heard you guys talking about this, so I'm going to jump in. The first one up, the cards win more than four and a half. Okay, so if you go to DraftKings right now and you check out the updated win total, on the Cardinals who just upset the Cowboys. The win total set at four and a half. We going over, we going under, boys. I'll say this because I heard them all say it and it's so true. Their October schedule is brutal. But if you look at the Cardinals and I've got them going over four and a half and I'll tell you why. Once they get to November, they've got the Falcons, they go to the Texans, they've got the Rams, they go to the Bears. And then they've got two sneaky games late where we don't know where the Seahawks are going to be. And we certainly don't know that last game of the year where the Eagles are going to be and what their motivation is. So you could kind of jack an easy win or two towards the end of the year. I've got, yes, alive the cards over four and a half. Oh, I definitely agree. It's alive. The one thing I would say is, though, I would wait and bet this team. And it's a risk. But if you haven't already placed the wager, it's not nothing bad. I would wait until the end of October. Right now, you said, Patrick, four and a half. I think when you get towards the end of October, you might wind up with a three flat or three and a half because we talked about at San Francisco, the Bengals at home, at the Rams, at Seattle, and the Ravens at home. There's a possibility this team goes 0-5 in October, even though they've been very competitive in the first three weeks of the season and could very easily 
easily be 3-0. and This is a team that has led in the second half of every game, and I believe even in the fourth quarter of every game so far this year. I'm trying to think, yep, against Washington, they had a 16-10 lead going into the fourth quarter. So this is a team that could be 3-0, and but I would proceed with a little bit of caution on them. I think we see some kind of just back to earth with this Cardinals team, and then maybe wait until that game at Cleveland November 5th, and then you jump on this uh, Cardinals team because, as you alluded to, the schedule gets a lot easier. It's a great lesson. It's a, it really is. As they battle through October and the losses add up, they collect L's. You're going to see that total over at DraftKings come down. It's a great point by them all. What do you got, big guy? Uh, as leaning more towards the under, I would fire now just because when I look at the schedule, you guys are right. It's brutal coming up. But as you go later in the schedule, I only see week 11 at Houston. And by the way, Houston might end up being a pretty solid team. I know. I threw them in there. I threw them in there based on what we expected (laughs) coming into the year. I didn't realize C.J. Stroud was Joe freaking Montana. (laughs) And then at week 16, they're at Chicago. Those are like the only two games where I go, yes, those are very winnable games, but I can't lock in wins. Also, I don't know if Josh Dobbs is still going to be the quarterback at that point in the year. There's a chance they could deal him. Maybe I'm the only one creating this world where a contender or someone who needs quarterback help and thinks they can make the playoffs trades for Josh Dobbs. But I think he's earned that and he's proven that he doesn't need much time to get acclimated to new surroundings. Also, Jonathan Gannon. I think coming into the year, there was a lot of unknown about his coaching styles. We now have three more weeks of film of what he likes to do. Now, the key for him will be being able to adjust to the adjustments. And I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying there are adjustments coming on the other side with everyone who faces him now. And now there's tendencies of what he likes to do as a head coach. That's why I would lean towards the under. But credit to them because I never thought this would be a discussion. Okay, I just want to say I've officially flipped on Gannon. He's so weird. And, and everything that we've seen from him is so eccentric Do you fire and just belly? odd that I'm kind of in on him now. <laughs> like, it's the people that it's almost like the Kingsburys that almost present themselves as if they're performing for a mirror that annoys you. But when it's Ganon, where he's obviously performing for aliens, <laughs> that I kind of I'm like, you know what? You're different. I like you, dude. <laughs> but, you know, to Patrick's point, the one thing that always drove me nuts in sports is I covered Dirk Nowitzki for a long time and everybody wanted him to be a leader. That's not the guy's personality. Gannon may not be a guy that can motivate guys. He's an X's nose type of guy. There's so many head coaches that get elevated to a position and we all of a sudden expect them to be some great motivational genius when their strength might be just flat out coaching. Well, I mean... I think we fall into it because we play the sound bites. We have to listen to the press conferences. We're not involved in the coaching aspect of things. And I think too many times we're quick to, to judge these guys based on whether they're a good soundbite or not, whether or not they're good at commanding the room in a press conference. Patrick will tell you that he and I saw Sean McVay in person just absolutely own an entire room he as a leader. It. it was one yep. of the more remarkable things I've ever seen someone. He must have been 34 at the time, 33. I don't even remember. He was pretty young. And it was one of the great just someone at a podium saying, look, guys, I'm in charge of this room right now. And he was just making things happen. I think we overrate some of that because, like, there's guys like Matt Rule who I think Matt Rule gets a, a lot of, like, leeway from the media because he's so good to the media. And we put too much into that and not enough into the, the coaching. And Jonathan Gannon is proving he's good at coaching. You know, it, and Amal, you give speeches uh, so you, you can kind of understand where I'm going here. With McVeigh, the way he handled the media, when it was just a room of maybe 30 people, I knew that that would then parlay itself into being a great head coach just because in a small room, he was so dominant and he was so personable. It's like, I'm not even kissing his ass, but our boss, Len Mead. You know when Len does those those symposiums for everybody? Like, he's very good at it. And I'm like, he must be a good manager because he's very authentic in these little meetings that we do. You can tell when something parlays into bigger success. And McVeigh was exactly that. So, and you know, from giving speeches, like, that is is half the battle. When you, If you can win a room, you can win the job. That's a great, great point. You see with McVeigh in terms of how he engages with the media, right? Even when they have a bad day, he's not a guy that's nasty with reporters the way we see certain coaches right. might be. You know, he's not a guy. I've been on the end of those types of games. Well, how about this? How about a, a, a more modern version? Dion. 
Deion Sanders, I don't know as a head coach all the little details that a quote-unquote Bill Belichick, Nick Saban does, but I know as a leader, as a CEO, as the guy overseeing Correct. everything and motivating the people who work under him to be the best of their abilities, I believe in Dion being able to get that message across. I'm not saying he doesn't know the football stuff, but there's a lot of details that like some of these psychopaths who had to work their way up through the coaching ranks have had to do, and I think Dion doesn't need to do that because he is a great motivator. Let me let me let me let me get to this next one because I love it. Uh, dead or alive, Tua to win Offensive Player of the Year. But to do so, I want to throw some numbers at you guys and have you take some shots. Okay, so the MVP award has been handed out 69 times. You guys want to take a shot at the positional breakdown of the 69 award winners of the MVP? D- defensive uh, player one time, Lawrence Taylor. Um, I'll go with, I think Jerry Rice won the MVP one time. So wide receiver, maybe a couple of times. I'll go quarterback 55 times, running back 10 times, three wide receivers and one defensive end. That's not bad. That's not bad. Big guy, how many times has a quarterback of the 69 won the MVP? Uh, I'd say 61. Okay. Quarterback has won it 46 of the 69 times the MVP. 18 running backs, one linebacker, one defensive lineman, and one kicker. Mark Mosley oh, in 1982. It, yeah. No wide receivers. Oh, so that's right. Now, right for offensive player right. of the year or MVP? MVP. MVP. That's for MVP. Yeah. Now follow along because offensive player of the year has been handed out 49 times. 25 times it's been a running back. 20 times it's been a quarterback. Four times it's been a wide receiver. Jerry Rice, to your point, and last year, Justin Jefferson. Now, Offensive Player of the Year has been handed out 49 times. 28 times, it also the MVP. So in consecutive, again, Offensive Player of the Year. So almost two-thirds of the time, you're going to have the MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Now we get to Tua. He is plus 380 in the market to win the MVP. He's 20 to 1 to win Offensive Player of the Year, Amal Shaw. Well, I think it's an unwritten rule where we're going to give the Offensive Player of the Year to a non-quarterback, and the MVP is going to go to quarterback. That's what it just feels like at this point in time. That, that, so I think that's what we've thought the last few years because it was Jefferson, it was Cup, it was Henry, it was Michael Thomas, but in 18, Mahomes won it. 16, Matt Ryan won it. 15, Cam Newton won it. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's not crazy for... if. If Tua keeps up this absurd pace for him to possibly take home both awards and you can get a way better number on Offensive Player of the Year. Hey, what's Puka Nakua at? I'm just telling you right now. He's alive, baby. He's alive. Hey, the the reason for this, the reason for the experiment is if you like Tua at plus 380, why not take a shot at 20 to 1? Sure, absolutely. 28 of the 49 times, the MVPs also won Offensive Player of the Year. It's worth a shot probability-wise. When we return, our buddy Mike Palm joins. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 